Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Inside the Coach's Office. My name is Todd Murphy Jr. As always, I'm here with Coach Barnes. And today we have Coach Ty Spencer from Detroit King. And what an honor. What an honor today to have you, Coach. A um, lot of winning. A lot of winning when Appreciate it comes it. to Detroit King. Um, yeah. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Coach Barnes, how excited are you to have Co Coach Ty Spencer here with us today on episode 10? We're in double digits, my friend. That's fantastic. We, we've, uh, we've had uh, so many great guests already, and this is just going to add to the list. Uh, I believe Coach is our second state champion coach we'll have on the show as Coach Parker from River Rouge we had earlier on. Um, uh, in the past, and uh, we've had coaches from all over the state in the UP. So now mm -hmm. we're going from the UP down to the city to Detroit, and we couldn't be happier to have Coach Spencer here fired up to talk some Michigan high school football with him. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, uh, Coach Spencer, the yep. the topic that we really want to hit today is something. It's the topic that's that that's big in college football for sure. But it really affects high school football, especially at your level, is the NIL, name, image, likeness. Mm -hmm. um, you coach a lot of athletes, a lot of football players that go on to college and to the NFL, right? Um, Detroit King is an absolute powerhouse. How do you you think so far it's new for everybody yeah but for you as, as a coach how has nil affected you and your coaching philosophy thus far well it really hasn't affected the philosophy i would say but as far as uh recruiting um you know it's it's definitely uh, a bigger thing that's that's happening uh, these days, um, it, now it's, it's almost like kids are, are, are being, getting paid, you know, to play college football is what you're really talking about, but it's, uh, it's legal, you know? And so, um, yeah. I, I, I know that the conversations that are being had with some of the athletes that we have, um, are not even with the coaches. Like they, they don't even talk about NIL with the coaches. They talk to them with, with other guys, I don't know if they're alumni or whatever the case is, but um, and they talk to their parents and you know all of that. So it, it's it's a little different, um, but it's something that the these kids they kind of have to consider now because unfortunately it's it's turned into a business like that. Coach, out of out of curiosity, along those lines, um, you know when it comes to the recruiting process. Um, you know, it's our jobs to sometimes educate our parents and players on like the recruiting process and whatnot and, you know, kind of the things that they can expect. And, uh, you know, one of the things I do for my players at an early age is, uh, you know, fill out their college recruiting questionnaires and whatnot, get your name on their list so they can start sending you camp information and, and visit dates and stuff like that. You know, on top of all that that we do uh, for our players, have you found that you have to, have you had to educate your parents or kids about the name, agent, name, agent, name, image, likeness 
process and situation as of yet? Or is that something think about maybe down the road you'll have to because, um, you know, like Tom said, you guys are churning out some great college prospects and, you know, every year the you're, it's going to be a situation you might have to deal with. Yeah, like um, definitely going through it right now, like learning more and more about it right now as we go um, and, and trying to make sure the parents understand that you have to talk about it. You know, when they when they go on visits, um, they're going to talk about it with those individuals. Um, one of the biggest things, I think the kid that we just had go to Penn State last year, Jalen Reed, um, soon as he got there, they were talking about name, image, and likeness. But he really, uh, you know, he was really just focused on getting on the field first and playing because he knows that, hey, if I'm not even playing, there's really no, um, there's really no point. You know, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of that image and likeness. But when you look at people like the quarterback that we have, like with Dante Moore, um, those guys, it's kind of – it's something you can't overlook. And so, like, Jalen could overlook it. It's harder for Dante. So, definitely have to uh, talk to those parents because, you know, the parents don't know Coach Barnes. Like, they have no idea. Um, they just go to work every day. They don't really know what's going on. So, it's really good to uh, to talk to them about what's happening, but there's so many things that's that's going on with the NIL. Like um, one one school, uh, they said they're gonna try to get an NIL deal where they can have uh, players fly their parents to uh, down there to the school. So you know, all from NIL. You know what I mean? So it's like as we're getting into it, we're finding different things. It's not just signing jerseys and making money off of it it's they're trying to do nil for everything you know uh, hey we need to get your parents there you want you you want to come here oh you have a problem you want your parents to come to every game we have nil for that we have nil for you uh you hungry you need signed jerseys you know we need to auction off your helmet you know you can do that so um like it's just gonna keep on adapting and, and evolving and we're going to have to evolve as coaches and like try to catch up and, and try to like give the parents as much information as we can. I feel like we're talking about a scene from blue chips and neon Bodeau is going to walk through the door right now. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what this, like when you said the, you know, possibly the opportunity to fly the family down as part of an NII deal and stuff like that, that, that immediately made me think of that. Yeah. yeah but that's Crazy. exactly, that's, that's what it is. It's like, I was talking to somebody and they said, yeah, it's like just, now they can really pay for a player now, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we, it, fortunately you have, the thing is going to come when you don't have a, a kid, like we have great kids and great parents, but when you have uh, somebody whose mind is in the right place and they really want to be greedy and they really want to, you know, it's all about the money. That's where it's going to become an issue. And as coaches, I think we got to be careful. And that's when you just got to step back and hey, the parent let the parent do what the parent does, but do your job and educate those individuals. So, Coach Spencer, do you have, I want to call it like a battle plan for the future as far as handling this situation that is just going to, because I assume that you plan on coaching for a while, right? So, what are you going to do this year? What are you going to do next year? What are you going to do two, three years from now when this situation just keeps getting bigger and at Detroit King, it, you're going to have, you're going to have stars. 
you're going to have kids that are freshmen and sophomores that are like already thinking about their NIL deal. What is your plan for the future with this yeah, situation? I, I think, um, I think right now trying to, you know, try to keep high school as pure as it can. You know, I think, um, my coach Harville, who was my defensive coordinator, he always said that high school football was the purest form of football. And I truly believe it. And I think we have to just continue to, um, put that in our, in our kids and, um, and control what we can control. You know, we, we can't control what a parent is going to do. Uh, but we can talk to our kids and let them know what's important. And Hey, if you're an offensive lineman, Hey man, NIL is not that important yeah, right now because yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing there right now. You Come know? on coach. Give the, give the big guy some love, right? <laughs> no, you're not but, wrong though. But, you're not wrong. But, 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 but just, but just being honest and letting them know though, Hey, look, the NIL will be on the table for you, but you have to produce. So if you're not doing anything that NIL, there's nothing there. So like, let's, let's focus on getting on the field. Let's focus on, you know, being a good special teams player or whatever first when you get to college and then from there, you know, move on because some of this stuff is, uh, you know, everybody won't have the same as a Dante Moore, you know, Dante Moore, you know, top three quarterback in the country. Yeah. He, his NIL may be different than the next guy, you know, the next quarterback that comes out that may go division one. So you know, and you, you talked about how high school football is, is still the purest form of football. You know, I think about at the college level, and then it just popped into my mind, you and some other coaches around the state and the country are probably dealing with the same thing, right? So you look at, you know, in your locker room, you know, a kid across the way, you know, might have an NAI deal worth 10 grand. And I'm sitting here and like, maybe I can get a free lunch at McDonald's or something. Right. So think about coaches at the next level. And then I guess you can answer this question too. Like, I wonder how, how you could go about balancing that, right? Because we're all about, um, it's a team sport. We're all in this together. We're all fighting for the same purpose. And then, like you said, some guys are getting theirs more so than the others. Like there's a fine line between what's best for everybody. And then what's also best for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting conversation. I think for a long time, because now, so once you do this and it, what was it the, the the whole amateurism thing right like to keep it to keep the sport not where people are earning money and things of that nature now you've taken it out so now people are going to say well hey i'm producing more on the field i should get more and and now it's turning into more of a you know almost job like thing or um you know like where you get bonuses and it's just it's gonna get weird but that's that's where they took it players and and, and i think I, I just think they're gonna have to eventually sit back look at it and cap it somehow and somehow like make some type of revisions to it because i think yeah i mean they do make a lot of money off of these kids you know when you talk about bowl games and yeah, jersey sales exactly so i do believe some of that stuff should you know if it's a jersey and you know i wore it the last four years and it made numbers the four years yeah that's something different but to just come out the blue i think the kid in texas made like a couple million dollars he went to ohio state like just all like that's yeah. weird man you know what i'm saying like he, he never yeah. played <laughs> he was a red shirt let it made a mill 
and then went to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and transferred. Yeah. But, so, but coach, Coach Barnes is right. There, there is like the locker room is going to be divided now. But at the same time, I one of my favorite movies of all time is The Program. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah. It's from like the early I love 90s. that movie. The Program. I love that movie. Right in in it. Yeah, oh god, man, it is one of my favorite movies ever. And even back then, it was like play you knew there were the backhanded deals, the the the, the cash and the um you know envelopes behind back stuff, you know, whatever, but now it's all in the forefront, right? But it's scary now like so at what point do you take yeah this is still it's college athletics and and now is the the like we said the big reason having you on today is because you have a great understanding all right i guess more than nobody has a great understanding about this yet but right. who better than you to understand where there's stars out here and there's college like recruiting but now it's not just recruiting now it's you got car salesmen that live in columbus ohio that don't have to do the backhanded stuff now they can do it right on the forefront yeah you know now you can go recruit kids but you're not going to have coaches recruiting kids you're going to have boosters recruiting kids now because it's not about hey come play at this school because of this education this is what we can offer you here is joe schmo from such and such car dealership who can offer you two million dollars in an nil deal and this kid is a junior in high school Mm -hmm. somebody did that but at the same time where oh wait oh eastern oh that yeah. was yeah yeah the kid of eastern they michigan yeah. somebody offered him the transfer well he was with um, oklahoma state or something offered him a million dollars yeah. to transfer to eastern michigan like charlie batch yeah because charlie batch went to eastern and then yeah and he was in yeah it was, that was the whole thing but it's gonna be like that all the time now so hot but is that good or bad because honestly like you said coach People don't go to watch science experiments. A hundred thousand people go to watch football games, college football games. I should be getting the money. You know, I definitely have an opinion because, um, like, I think, you know, it, the term educational athletics, right, is is there, uh, especially in high school sports. I think that's important. And, you know, I had this discussion with a friend of mine actually this off season where, you know, my thing is. You know, there are there are kids and not just football, but in other sports who who know they have a legit opportunity to go to the professional level in their sport. Right. And so I know they're set up for success academically at the next level uh, with the tutoring and whatnot and, and people looking out for them. But a lot of those kids are there to go to the pro level. Right. And so. I, I've always said, and I, it's, it's crazy and people don't agree with me, I'm not opposed to the way the NBA had it um, or Major League Baseball or the NHL has it where if you get drafted out of high school, like so be it. And, I, and in a way, I feel that way about football. So the, the problem you run into, though, is the NFL um, doesn't have like a developmental league, right? So in a lot of ways, college football is like their developmental league. And so kids don't have the chance out of high school 
to really go to the next level. And you're seeing it in, in basketball right now, college basketball, a lot of the kids right out of high school going overseas to play because they're getting paid, right? Or they're going to the G League or whatnot, right? If I do think like football, you know, unfortunately, uh, I mean, I'm, the, I'm not going to take away, I'm an educator. Like the college experience is fantastic. Like, you know, Saturdays and college football coach, you know this too, from the games you, you've seen and whatnot is outstanding. And the experience to be a kid and, and to do that for four years, um, is really cool and a great experience. But then again, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, who am I to tell that kid and that family they have to go to college? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so if the NFL kind of had their own developmental league and somebody wanted to draft somebody 18, whether they're, they may not be physically ready for the NFL at 18, but they could develop them for four years that way. You know, who am I to say, no, you can't do that. And so, mm -hmm. that's where, in my opinion, the debate comes in, right. Is like, like you mentioned, like, you know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of people being paid and there's a lot of buildings that have been, you know, put up based on the backs of college kids playing football and college basketball, especially. And so there, that is a fair debate. And I know they get the hundred thousand dollar education and whatnot. Of course, I'm not downplaying education or anything like that. Any type of degree, absolutely not. But then again, you know, those, some of those kids are probably worth, you know, think, I think about like Reggie Bush, right. And those USC teams, yeah. those other guys that come to mind, Vince Young, right. What were they worth to the university of U or USC and the university of Texas? Right. Wow. So that's a, I mean, Tom, that's a tough, that's a tough debate and question. And I, and I do understand both sides of it. Right. Um, and, and like coach mentioned, we're going down that road possibly where we're that the whole amateur part of it, it is maybe going away. Um, is right. that a bad, and going back to it, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask. Right. I, I agree. I think it definitely depends on who you ask. Um, but as long as it doesn't get too, too sloppy with the, with a bidding war going on, you know what I mean? I That's think it's, yeah, but, but it's definitely going on. You know what I mean? It's definitely going on. Um, but you just have to, I think that the biggest issue is going to be they haven't really figured it out on how to really, because you don't know what a kid, you can't really project. You can say like, all right, yeah, we're going to get this DB here. He's good. Right. But every single school can't do it. Like it's impossible. Like I can't really imagine Eastern Michigan, you know, that one dude wanted to get a high profile quarterback. So he did it, but it's like, it's really going to affect, the really high, high profile kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of the three stars and stuff like that may go unnoticed. And I think that's going to be unfair almost, you know, where they like, you know, when can I get something, you know, it, can I get something? And I think they're going to get overlooked um, all the time, you know, and they, they're good hard workers. And some of the guys what? may be first rounders like the Amaya Gardner kid I had, you know, he was a two-star kid that went to Cincinnati and, and it's going to be a first round pick, you know, but, you know, it's just, just, just how it is. And we'll see how it goes, man. It's going to be an yeah, interesting ride. You know? Exactly. And coach, but isn't that like what the world is go get what you're worth and go. And if, and if you're not getting what you think you're worth, do better, work harder and go get it. Is that not already a lesson that we're trying to teach well, the kids in college? Well, like, so if you're a two-star athlete, you're sorry, buddy. You're a two-star athlete. That's what it is. Work right. harder. Go be a star athlete. You want to be a star? Go figure it out. Like work harder. Do something else. Make yourself known. Like 
So it, there's got to be a competitive balance because this is what life is. This is what real yeah. life is. Like, you know, so the NIL, yeah, they're going to give the start. I read some the other day. I don't know if you guys heard I, I, I forget the name, but somebody's about to get an $8 million NIL deal. Some wow. kid, some 18-year-old is going to get an $8 million NIL is it, deal. Is it Arch right? Manning? Well, I was going to bring him up. It, it's not him. Okay. But that I was going to ask you about him also because think about him. Think about this guy. He He's a five-star. He's got the Manning name. Everybody wants him. Is he – what do you think he's doing? Is, is he going to pick the school he wants to go to for the culture or is he going to go for the highest dollar? Like, See, I would but, think but, he but. – He's already rich. Yeah, so I was he, gonna say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there, like, like Coach mentioned earlier, like every situation, everybody's gonna be different, right? And how they look at it, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. It, like you said, he's situations. He has money anyway, so he has yeah. the luxury to kind of pick and choose based on that. Like, who knows? Like, maybe there is a kid in a situation where parents are divorced or whatever, or he's got a sick relative or something, and you know, he's gonna base his yeah. decision on that. You know, and it's funny. I, th- I was thinking of this. Coach mentioned a bidding war, which you don't want. Like, you know, so you mentioned, you know, your quarterback Dante. So you can just see it now, right? A car dealership in Ann Arbor against a car dealership in East Lansing, right? <laughs> who's going to, who's going to name right. a vehicle yeah. after him or something? Like, you know, like you don't want it to get to that point. You know, like you said, yeah. you don't. And But, it, the, but it's gun. Well, Tom, you mentioned that. That's probably where we're you know, going, right? But think about the per, the purpose of college, right? And, and when you go to college for anything is to get training and get prepared for life. Right. And so in, it's one of those deals. Like if you want to be a lawyer, you got to go to law school. You know, you want to be a teacher, you got to go to college of education somewhere. Right. And so in theory, like I get, I, I do agree with that. Right. College teaches you that stuff. And, and for a lot of these guys will prepare them for their profession. Right. Which is the NFL. The thing is though, like, like I mentioned, like I, I get it though. Like if, if somebody's willing to pay them out of high school, Right. Um, if the NFL had a developmental league or something like that, I think that that'd be coach going back to it. That'd be the easiest way to not have bidding wars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not have the wild, wild west. Right. If the NFL, but why would the NFL do that? They basically have a developmental league right now. It's, it's division one college football. You know what I mean? Right. So right. that's not, a, not an easy, definitely not an easy now, answer or debate. Well, I look at it like, I just look at it like, so I have um, a player, Avante Maddox. He, he plays nickel slot corner for the Eagles. Yep. So I went down to Philly a couple years ago, checked on him, and he doesn't pay for furniture because he does commercials for the furniture place. So all oh, that's free. He doesn't pay for a car because he does. He just says something. He just jiggles his keys on the and says, hey, come to such, such Philadelphia car dealership. He gets a car, right? But now – these college kids are about to do exactly what Avante is doing. And that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's just, he's a pro. They're still in college. They're going to get the same type of thing, which, you know, there's a difference to it. So it's going to be interesting how it, how they just like level it out and make it, make it different. You know, Um, by the way, Avante Avante Maddox, I had the chance to meet him at the Michigan high school all-star game some years back when we were in Ohio 
and we were playing against Ohio. I had a chance oh, to meet yeah, him. And he yeah. was a he was a great kid. And then I remember stud baseball player too, right? Drafted by the Blue Jays, oh, I want to say. Really, maybe? really good baseball yeah. player. He mm-hmm. he loved baseball. Baseball was his first love. Wow. But he just played football because football was what got him the money. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Almost played baseball at Pitt too. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So Coach Spencer, how are you gonna are you gonna change the way you talk to college coaches now? Is there gonna be a different conversation when Nick Saban or Jim Harbaugh or Mel Tucker come knocking on your door to talk about one of your star players? Are you gonna talk to them different or is the conversation gonna be pretty much the same, even though NIL is the elephant in the room but for me it'll be the same just because the nil thing is is really something personal you know it's really something that the families and the kid have to go through so the conversation for me is always going to be about um you know does he fit in the program the culture you know the his major whatever it's still going to be that but i think for the kid and the parents it's definitely going to be different if you have if you have a kid that once the highest bidder, he's going to find the highest bidder. You know what I mean? But if you have a kid that's like, I don't really care, coach. I, I want to go to this school because they develop quarterbacks or they develop running backs. And, you know, so you're going to have that type of decisions. Those are the type of decisions that these kids are going to have to make. So, you know, we just got to let the parents know what it is, um, that it's a reality, that it's something that we can't escape right now. And, um, you know, but I don't think what I what I want to be careful in doing is not just telling every single player and because some some kids you're gonna have go D two NAIA D three and and if you tell every parent that every parent's gonna think they gonna they they they're getting money or something from their kids. So I think the ones that are going Division One, we're gonna have a like, and I see they're getting recruited. We're gonna have that conversation. I'm gonna have to call them on the phone or something because. I just don't want everybody thinking, well, what about us? And thinking it's something that I'm doing. Now, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> it has everything to do with uh, that child's ability and where he's at football-wise. You know, one of the questions, Tom, we probably should have uh, asked Coach Bellamy when we had him on a couple of weeks ago. was like, I'm curious, from a college coach's perspective now, recruiting, recruiting kids, right? Does Are they going to question a kid's character? If he brings up like, hey, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder, because right. Um, right. it's because ultimately, like you said, where's my, mo- where's my money? man? Yeah, well, they're going to look at yeah. they They might have to look out for themselves and that's OK now. But I wonder if there's like from a college coach's perspective, how you balance that. Is this like are they going to say, oh, this kid is questionable character and we've got somebody right. we like just as much. We're going to offer him. Right. Like, yeah. I, I don't I'm, think they really can judge them though because that's I agree. Right. I, that's I, that's I, I agree. I agree. Of course, Spencer, you're gonna have a better answer than I do, but I think that'd be foolish to question a kid, like especially with it's all in their face. I'm sorry, Coach Spencer. I just, no, no, no. You're good. I think no, we're you're about you're to say right. the same I, thing though. Like, yeah, we're saying <laughs> the same thing. Like, it's just, hey, I'm using that to recruit you. So if I'm if I'm at Michigan, if I'm Bellamy, and I'm like. Hey, look, man, we can we can set you up with a real nice NIL. You know, I can't really talk to you about it, but you know, you come to campus, we'll sit you down with those people. Like, I mean, it's it's a recruiting tool. They're using it. So they can't really say, 
well, sorry, Michigan State, uh, you're only giving me 1.5, and uh, they're giving me 1.9. You know what I mean? Like, it's just um, – it's, it's something that that – it's going to be interesting, though, because some people are going to probably look at look at a kid like, ah, he burnt this to take more money, you know. Uh, co- co- hey, coaches yeah. do it all the time. Well, that's the end of that. That's true. Take more money. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, time. coaches leave for the money all every day. Yeah, they, they oh he I'm gonna go here because they're and the only reason is they're gonna pay me more money, they, and then they explain oh sorry like uh Brian Kelly Notre Dame yeah. set up a seven a meeting yeah. and the, the news broke oh like come yeah. to uh this place at seven a.m. and then I'm gonna talk to you for five minutes and tell you about why I'm leaving the LSU and the reason is more money. Yep. <laughs> I never understood. I mean, hell? I never understood. Hey, so you got a good you, thing going. Why do you leave? You know? Combat that as a coaches leave for the money. So why can't the players? But the scary thing is, at at what point does it stop with this NIL, and especially with you, Coach Spencer, having Anthony's yeah. where you might have a freshman who's a star. He might be the next, you know. Ray Lewis, LeBron James, like, like right. say any name you want, the next Barry Sanders, you know, he runs a 4140, he's a freshman, right? Mm. And now you got college recruiters, not and then not even the recruiters, the, the car salesmen, yeah. the NIL people with the money now, looking at, hey, start yeah. looking Michigan State's way. This dude, yeah. this, this kid could be 14. Yes, yeah. it's, it's scary to me, but it's been happening. Like it's been happening. It's just been. It's never been out in the forefront like this. Yeah, and and it gets scary when you talk about fourteen year old kids. You know, like that. That's scary. Um, that's that's a little. That's a lot. You know, talking about a fourteen year old kid, and you talking about not coaches, but you're talking about outside influences trying to get around those guys. And we've all heard of street agents and people that's all they, they they've always been around. Um yeah, and they will be even now since they know they're gonna wrap their arms around the kid when they see that he's good and try to be around there and try to get an NIL deal to, to help them out or whatever. Um, but you gotta try to protect them and, and that's where I think you try to educate the family and let them know uh to be careful and what's around here and 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 they have to understand, like, hey, your child, man, he's you have to really protect him. Um, almost look at it almost sort of like it's a he's an investment, but you want to protect him because it's your child and you don't want nobody to take advantage of him. Um, you know, I think that's that's something that you just gotta let the parents know and um try to educate them the best because they they're gonna have to protect their kids. Um also because you you can only do so much. Coach. I want to ask you, um, you've been around football for a long time. You've coached a lot of young men who have gone on to be very successful in the game of football. When do you know that a kid's going to be a star? Is it, I know it's always different, but is there something like – do you can you spot out a kid that's a freshman or maybe an eighth grade, even seventh grade? You know, like I gotta keep an eye on this kid because he's gonna be a star. And 
what does that take as a coach to know like I don't want to pressure this kid too much but if he's brought up and everything works out the right way for him this kid's gonna be a star yeah uh sometimes you see it and sometimes you don't like because some some kids really develop into it like they really work hard um like like a my gardener you know soft freshman year he's five nine five eight 130 pounds Tim Grady's 5'10, 140 pounds. Then he, but he runs track every year. Then junior year, he sprouts up to 6'1. You know, like then he's 6'2 his senior year. So some guys you can you can't see it. Some guys you can. Uh you can see the time like an Ambry Thomas. So Ambry Thomas, his sophomore year, the first play I put him in the game. He took an interception back for a touchdown. We he it was against Port Huron. He's playing cover three. He was a nub corner. That it was a tight end on the side, so he rolled up on top of the corner, on top of the tight end. The quarterback didn't see him. He just picked it off and he took it back. So I thought he was lucky. Then the next week he made another play against Renaissance and another play. And then you just say, okay, like <laughs> the, the more they make the plays, like he's because he can consistently be good. But some guys you just don't know. Like some guys you think that they're going to be good and they don't really achieve um, what you thought they were. And so, um, but I mean, honestly, if a kid can dominate a game, if you see them take over a game, I mean, you can, you can kind of tell. Um, Cause I, I thought Daquan Finn was one of the best quarterbacks we would ever have. Um, that's at Toledo. And then Dante Moore shows up and it's like, okay, this kid is the best quarterback we've ever had, you know? And so, um, you know, they, there's just, I would say playmaking ability for sure. And if they have the size, you can see, you can see something there. Like, okay, they got the size. I can see something. But um, sometimes it, it's some kids there that, that just won't have it. i tell you what, the, the, mental, the mentality of the kid is important. Um, even though Amaya Gardner never started, he he thought he was a starter. His his mindset was I'm I'm the best player on this team, and that's why we um, eventually moved him to corner because he was so confident in his ability. So I think when you look at size and, and skill set, and then the mindset that a, a kid has, then you'll know like okay, this kid could be a pretty good player here. I think uh, you um, I like what you said about uh, basically playmaking ability, right? Like you put Ambry in the game and he and he made some plays for you, pick six and whatnot. So you know, we're in a situation going into the fall where we have to replace uh, our quarterback uh, was a better quarterback in our school's history. And so, you know, we've got some guys working it and whatnot. And honestly, like, we're not, we're not going to know until week one, right. who's going to be out there making plays or who's not truthfully. Yep. So, I mean, we're going to do everything we can training wise and film and um, summer camps and seven on se- uh, seven on seven sessions and stuff like that. But we're not going to know really until that. Yeah. That you won't really game. know. Mm-hmm. do you do you do you um do you have yeah. a sports class so yes and no kind of I'm hoping okay. to transition to that to be honest with you I mean yeah that'd be 
ideal. Um, yeah. We're yeah. we're looking into like a like a varsity sports type thing where we can yeah. get all the varsity athletes in and, and yeah. do stuff like that. But um, yeah, you know, um, I'm sure you deal with this too. A lot of my kids are three sport athletes, which is good. Oh, yeah. and you know what I yep. mean. And so, like we we had a we had a, a basketball uh, situation. We won a district championship by a point in six overtimes against our rival. And so that's something that like. Like you don't match that in the weight room as much as our kids, we still want to listen and whatnot, but like stuff like that and just dealing with adversity and whatnot to me, you, you know, and I was able to watch some of our football kids and potential quarterbacks. Like to me, that said a lot about them, yep. you know, more so than maybe I would see in the weight room. Right. So yep. that's a positive. I love, I love uh, kids that play a lot of different sports. I just, I had two of my linebackers swim this year and I'm trying to get most, most, if you're not playing basketball, that's I want awesome. you to swim. And, uh, you know, I'm doing track, so, you know, we're getting them on the track and stuff like that. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for that, too. Like, I want to have spring ball, though. I will I will say I would like to have spring ball. It can be optional. Um, but I would love to have, you know, 10 to 12 days with my guys to because to, then I could see something. You know, you could see mm-hmm. something with your quarterback leaving to try to help you out a little bit. Sure. And then when we get into the, in August, it'll just speed the process for us as coaches. Like, all right, we get in August, the kids kind of know a little bit about the plays we're trying to do, the defense we're trying to run or whatever the case is. And we had a little bit of spring. Well, I think about for you guys where you, you get, you get a lot of division one and division two type kids. Right. And, you know, college recruiters, you know, they can go to maybe a spring practice somewhere down South or maybe, or whatever, occasionally yep. stop in and watch, right. Where they can't do that for us. Um, yeah. Do you, have you found that your kids have been at a disadvantage um, because of that, like, do you think that's ever a factor? And in terms of maybe, maybe even in terms of like when the kid gets the offer, right? I, I, I think it's definitely a disadvantage, though. Um, I in Alabama, they have so the eighth graders know that they're coming to a certain school, like, and they work, they do spring ball with the high schoolers. Our eighth graders are doing little league football still sometimes in ninth grade like it's we're at a disadvantage period like I wish we could do spring ball I wish we could do more I don't need to be paid for it I just want to work with my kids um I wouldn't do it around any of their practice time I would try to do you know if it's you know in the morning or if it's on the weekends like whatever it is where it's not hurting them and um and some of them may not participate like the ones that are if they're doing back, like, hey, we might not have him, you know, uh, that's fine. But we still want to be able to get some work in with our kids legally um, and all that. And I, and I think you'll, just, you'll find more coaches not doing illegal stuff. You know, if you can allow them to, you know, like mm-hmm. coaches are like, man, come on, guys, you, you won't let me do anything. So right. I just think it will be it'd be better for everybody overall. I'm with you. Yeah. Coach Spencer, I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk about what does it take to be a winner in high school football? Mm -hmm. Detroit King has won state championships over and over and over. What does that take? How how do you coach? Because I know – like. You've been the coach at King for a number of years, and you were an assistant coach for for a while. Yep. So you've been in this program. What I played does it take? at King too. I played at King too. So 
So played in it, coached in his assistant and head coach. But I, I'll tell you that the truth is really, and, and I'm going to just be honest, like, yeah, we have players, man, but it's also culture. Like, it's culture. Um, because I can tell you this, this team that we just had that one state championship, our defense wasn't better than the, um, the defense we had last year. Last year's defense, defensive tackle went to Toledo. Jalen Reed went to Penn State. Uh, we had um, Brandon Honorable went to Western Michigan. He was a, a big six 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 seven tackle. Um, we had uh, we had a, a bunch of other. I had um, a kid go to Ferris, a kid down to Albion. Like we thought our defensive line would be really good um, the year before. And we were just, we weren't that good. Like we, we lost the cast twice. Um, it, it was like the culture just wasn't there like it needed to be. And I don't know if it, COVID had something to do with it. We weren't in the build. We couldn't do the stuff that we used to do. Um, you know, we, we played, we started getting some momentum and then we got cut and then couldn't play to January. You know, there was a lot of factors that went into that, but I'll tell you like, just the team chemistry and the culture of that team was not like it was in this team. This this team, like, they really got better as the weeks went on defensively and just um, was able to be just really good. They, oh, I'm sorry. We had another defensive back that was at Akron. So we had, like, we had more Division One players on the defense last year, but we didn't win a state championship. We won a state championship with the guys. I got a little itty-bitty five, eight, five, seven slot corner who's going to go division two or maybe FCS, but they, they're just, they giving me everything they have, you know, they, they're, 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 they're um, selfless. And I think when you have the group like that, um, that believe in each other, like that goes a long way. And then you add that with some talent, you know, you add that with the Dante Moore, you add that with, you know, but if, it, if it's not culture, man, if the culture is not right, you won't win those games. I don't care how talented you are. You know, it's just not going to happen. So that that's the one of the number one things, I think, for me. Like, it starts with culture. Yeah, you can talk weight room, speed. We know all of that stuff. You got to have it. But I think it's just culture, man. Like, how we're going to get things done, how we respond to adversity, you know, how we react to a certain – like, all of that is so important. You know, how your coaches react to it. You know, a lot of, a lot of coaches forget that you got to coach the coaches. You know, you got to keep coaching them, too, because they – you know, high school coaches, they can get a little bit off track sometimes. And so you got to make sure that we're on the same page. So when anybody asks me about being a head coach, that's the first thing I say, what's the hardest part about it? I said is coaching your coaches and putting your coaching staff together. Cause it's all <laughs> yeah. about, I mean, you got to get guys like, cause there's a lot of guys that know football, but it has to be the right fit. Right. And who, who fits into your Absolutely. culture and what your philosophy is and what your beliefs are and values. And that is definitely every year it's a challenge and I love my guys and you're right though. Every year it's a challenge and you got to coach them up. It's a challenge with the coach. And I would even, I found that, that it doesn't even have to be the coach that's really knowledgeable. Get me a guy that's just committed and willing to learn and like it's for the kids, he's about the kids, that that guy's going to go a long way and he's going to help your program out. Then the coach that thinks he knows everything, but he dogs the kids, can't get none out the kids, he's arguing with his position uh, group and then they don't like him. Like it's just, it, it's a lot. 
you know, it shouldn't, shouldn't be any bickering and fighting on the field. It, it's just, I've heard a lot of stuff, man. And it's, it's, you can't win like that. You know, you can't win. There's a lot of guys we know are really good up on the whiteboard or who create a YouTube video. Right. But like you said, can they connect it with the kids and they, can they get the kids to buy in and believe in what you're doing? Yep. Like you're, you're a teacher. I'm a teacher. Coaching is teaching. And it's not, and I, I heard this from, um, I'm not sure. Do you, I don't know if you know Coach Novak. Coach Novak, uh, he he came to Wayne State. He coached us when we was uh, at Wayne State. He was a special teams coach. Is he at um, Calumet now, or where is he at now? I, I don't know, but he's okay. really, really old. I think he's retired. Okay. But he, he used to be the Green Bay Packers special teams coach. So he did special teams with us at Wayne State. And the one thing he told me, he said, um, Ty, it's not about what you know. It's about what you can get them to know. And so when I teach, I'm authentic. I meet my kids where they are and I'm teaching them where they are. So, you know, that means that just because you have a 4.0, I'm not teaching you like you have a 4.0. I'm teaching you like you have a 2.0, you know, like because I'm not assuming anything and you know, I think that's another thing. Like I, I've had, I've, I know coaches that they know everything, but they can't get their kids to know it. So, you know, what this coverage is, you know, what this check is, but the kids don't know it and they can't get into it. And you are wondering why you're, you're having a, you're losing because you, you have to get them to understand it. And so um, it's important, but it just takes work once you get it going. Um, and I mean, once you get it going, man, it, you just, you know how you want to do it. Like I could take any team and I, I, I could sit there and say, okay, I know how I'm going to implement my defense. Like I know where I want to start at and everything, but I didn't, I didn't always happen to be like that. You know, it took a while. It took a minute. It took a lot of adjustments and learning and understanding what kids understand well and what they don't understand well to get to that point. But, um, you know, it's just it's just something that, uh you know, just keep critiquing over the years as well. Well, and uh, think about, you know, athletes at the at the highest level who are at the top of their game. Right. So think of Tom Brady and LeBron James, for example. How would they be as coaches? And you always wonder that because like Tom Brady can see a game differently <laughs> than, than whoever he's coaching. Right. Like he might yeah. see it and grasp it. But getting getting his player to see that or LeBron James on a fast break, right? He might be able to see the floor, but can you get the guy who he's coaching, you know, to, to see the floor? Yeah. Like that? that would be, I'm always curious when people say, oh, Tom Brady would be a great coach or whatever. Like I, I'm curious because I don't know, you know, they're, they're LeBron, LeBron, LeBron gets frustrated a lot. I see LeBron mm -hmm. a lot. And like, it's easy for you because you're the best player in the world, you know, like it, it but can you, when that kid can't do what you do, how do you break it down to get him to do that? You know, like I was an average player, you know, I wasn't terrible. I wasn't the greatest, but I was an average player. So I can tell you when you got some shortcomings, you know what I mean? At, at a certain position, like I wouldn't do it like that, you know? So, um, yeah, you're right, man. It's hard when you just like the best player to try to coach guys like that's That's going to be hard. Coach Spencer, how how do you how do you handle coaching a kid that is better than you were, or like you like is gonna like he's on that track to be? <laughs> he is just good, and he looks you dead in his eye and says, "Look, coach, I don't care what you have to say to me. I'm like, how, how do you handle something like yeah. that?" Yeah, um, 
I don't know. That's that's interesting. I haven't had any kids really like like come at me like that. I think just because when when you coach them and they have success doing what you teach them, they trust you. Like so, so I think it's always coach, about yeah, Coach Barnes. I know you love that. Yeah, because we know it's all about relationship. Like you have to trust me first. So when I tell you something, you're like, oh, coach, that does work. So you you do it in practice, then you do it in one on ones, and you like, coach, that worked. So they're gonna trust you. They're gonna do it. But I mean, kids are gonna have attitudes, and you know, I, I don't know. Maybe put them to the side, have a talk with them. Uh, but I haven't had a kid just say like, "No, I was better than you." I tell all of them, "Hey, man, <laughs> hey, Amber, you were better than me. Hey, you know, Levert, you were better than me. Like, you know, all of you guys are better than me." But at the end of the day, um, it's just more so connecting with them. I, I think when you really connect with them and, and and capture their heart, they understand where you're coming from, and it's it's kind of a different a different um take than just i'm better than you i'm not listening to you you know and yeah. uh but 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 i will say this there is a point where they do they listen when they were like ninth 10th graders and then they get a little older and they start to you know think they know they and know it's like everything. you only you only know what i taught you you know like you don't know everything you know exactly what i taught you so that's something that that i've definitely experienced and we've had some some conversations about that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Now, Coach Barnes, I did. I I, I laughed a bit because Coach Barnes said pretty much exactly what you said. Somebody, they, they'll listen to you, but if they don't trust you, they won't care about it. Oh, yeah, all true. That's, that's true. They they need to know you care about them, right, before, before they care about anything you're telling them, football-wise. Yeah. Right? Like, you yeah. need to show that you – you know, like coach said, you have that relationship with them. You care about them as human beings and people before they, they trust you to do anything. Right. I mean, I think coach and I meet to a lesser degree, obviously we've made that clear early on, but uh, we both have some credibility. And I think that helps when we're teaching kids too, right. Where we're, we're introduced yeah. to a kid, like we've had some success. Um, and um, like that definitely helps a lot. And then one of the things I always go back to is, you know, I've, I've had kids, not a lot, but say, Oh, well, you know, my, my travel coach tells me this, right. Or my seven on seven coach or whatever tells me this. And I'm always like, all right, we'll try it your way. But as soon as it doesn't work, <laughs> we're going, you know? And so at times it's, you do that early on, like maybe in the summertime or something. Right. Yeah. And then, so you let the kids, you know, have their, okay. You know, let, let them think they're in control. Right. All right, man, you go try it. Then when it doesn't work, it's like, all right, I've been doing this a long time. Let's do it my way. And that's, um, something else too, but like, ultimately, like coach said, like the trust thing, right. And, um, they know that you care about them. They're they're and you're invested in them. Yeah. They're going to want to perform and listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And then, uh, <laughs> it's funny that, that, that seven on seven coach or whatever you said I had with a, my gardener, he was like, coach, he's telling me to do this. I was like, am I do what I told you to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was like, I get that you over there, man, but come on, we, we got to get ready. Like, but no, nah, man, you, you're right. Um, sometimes you have to let them do it their way a little bit just to see, and then they'll come back like, Oh, so, so what's the other way that you, you were talking about? Like, yeah, let me show you this way. So how does it work with Detroit King being in the PSL 
Mm-hmm. Is there, how does the school of choice work? Is there any, you don't recruit kids, right? Like, but can they choose to come to Detroit King or, and how does that situation work out? Or is it just a neighborhood situation? Yeah. So, so how, so let me tell you how it used to be. So, um, well, how it is. So King has, it's unique because it has a testing portion and it has a neighborhood portion. So um, if you, if you, you can test in the King, but then it has a small number where if you live in a neighborhood, you can also, you know, from the neighborhood come into King as well. So like Renaissance and Cast, they're like all straight, just testing only where King has like an option where, you know, if you're in a neighborhood, you also can be there as well. Okay. So that's the option they have. Well, uh, one thing that we take advantage of just like some, and I actually I got it from like the Catholic schools is we have, um, we have those open houses and, and we bring kids in like that from that, that play those little league programs or whatever. We have an open house um, they come see the academics. They come see the whole school. Um, they come see the band. They come see everything. And, um, you know, we use those as opportunities to, um, to to get those guys and see our school and, and choose King if they want to choose King. So, like, that's really how we, how we do it. Um, and it's the safest way to do it, you know, without trying to get in trouble, um, you know. And so that's really how we kind of do it. Yeah. Coach Barnes, we are, uh, I think we're getting up against it here. Do you want to ask your favorite question? I always do. Coach, uh, hey, man, thanks again for being here. Awesome episode. Love talking to you. Greatly appreciate your time. Uh, First thing for the listeners, do you have a Twitter handle you'd want to share with people? Because, you know, the the point of this podcast from the beginning, right, is kind of talk about all the great things going on in the state of Michigan with high school football. And um, making connections as, as coaches has been one of my goals. So, do you have a Twitter handle you'd be willing to swear that maybe yeah, some coaches or fans would want to follow? It's at Coach T Spence. So that's where I'm at on Twitter. So, excellent. Yeah, um, that's mostly my football stuff over there. Appreciate it. And then the last thing we we've asked everybody um, that we've had on. So this is the tenth time we're asking: Is there is there a specific tradition um, that you guys do at King? that you think is pretty cool and pretty unique um, that maybe um, some other coaches and schools around the state don't do, um, but you do that thing's really cool that you could share with us. Mm. And, and you're and not to put you on the spot or anything, but yeah. uh, um, every one of these has been good. So yeah. yeah. A tradition. <laughs> wow. Wow. A tradition that we do. Oh man. Or, Maybe a unique way you guys enter the game field or something. I mean, so any. I mean, it can be anything, Coach. It can be something yeah. night night before the game, team dinner or something. You just You're flash right. a bunch of championship rings. No, no, <laughs> we we don't do anything like that. But um, I mean, kind of like you know, I know we did it at Wayne State, but like at our field, it's a, it's a nice distance from the school, so we do have a walk, you know, um, that we do all the time and as they walk once they get closer by the baseball diamond there's like a crowd it's like they make a tunnel and those guys kind of walk through the tunnel it's the fans and everybody you know right there kind of shouting them out so that's something unique kind of cool 
like get the kids amped up and ready. And then as the kids are, I like it because they're not just at a field house and hit the field right there. They're able to like, it's, it's about a three, four minute walk, man. So they, they're walking and they get a chance to really get their mind ready for that game. Then the crowd comes and now they're boosting the adrenaline going and then they hit the field. So I kind of like that, um, you know, that walk that we have. You know, that's that's really the only thing I think that we have tradition-wise other than um, other than I do make them sing old-school R&B songs no during camp. Yeah. So during you're talking camp, about – Are we talking Sam Cooke, Ray Charles? No, boys, I thought you were going to say, like, Boys to Men, something like <laughs> yes. that, right? I make them go. sing any – I make Boys to Men, I'll make them sing any song. I'll say, hey, the Michael Jackson – uh, okay. thriller dance you gotta do oh, like oh. so that is something that we do as well so it's fantastic yeah. it's a, hey coach barnes i do want to because coach barnes and i both played at clausen and yeah. we had a similar thing like we had to walk through um it was like the the elementary school was a locker room and then we had to kind of walk out of the schoolyard across the street into yeah. the wow. lock, or not the locker room, but into the field, and we were doing like, 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 like an army, man. And it, oh yeah. man, it was awesome. Was, so I, cool. I kind of got a little uh, excited yeah. when you when you said it because uh, that was something that Clawson did too, man. And it, it was it was like a three four minute walk, man. Yeah. And you're walking, and you just you can hear the crowd, and yeah. you know it's all it's all right there, and you're walking with your brothers and. Yeah. Oh man, so that's a cool thing that you guys do. I can only imagine like what, what it's like for some of them amped up games because who King yeah. King plays some some high high level football and uh I can only imagine what that walk up is is like. So yeah, sometimes I walk with them, you know, and so it's it's pretty cool. Uh, Coach, thank you again. The um the Twitter handle for us, Tom, is uh, at Inside the Office. Uh, we try to do this every week. Appreciate okay. everybody listening. And, uh, Coach, again, man, thank you for being here. It's been a lot of fun. Um, appreciate it. Hopefully we can do it again. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. Definitely want to do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is amazing. Thank you, Coach. Uh, Coach Spencer, Coach Barnes. Hey, guys, man, it, it – Episode number 10, man. Like I said, double digits. So thank you, Coach Spencer. Sweet. Shout out to, to Jared. I got to shout out Jared Purcell at M Live. As I said before, he he shouted you out to say, hey, talk to Coach Spencer. He's a great guy. So um, it all worked yeah. out. So appreciate uh, it. Coach Barnes, episode 10, baby. That's a good right. one. Coach Spencer, again, right, thank so much. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Inside the Coach's Office for Coach Spencer and Coach Barnes. My name is Tom Murphy Jr., and we will see you next week. Peace.